And then there's that part of, can I stand in front of the mirror? And even though I don't like that part, can I be like, there it is. And then can you stand in front of another and be like, and there it is. And I'm going to own this because my body can provide so much pleasure for me and you and us. Um, But it takes this like ownership. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prevo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. everybody welcome to this episode of relationships let's talk about it and in this episode the role of body image in relationships and i have a conversation with jackie dobrinska and yes we have a relationships with our own bodies believe it or not and that relationships really influence and affect the relationships around us And Jackie and I talk about how, of course, society influences our own perceptions of our body image, of what is healthy, what's not healthy, what's sexy, what's not sexy, what's acceptable, what causes high self-esteem, low self-esteem. And Jackie shares her own journey about coming into acceptance and love with her own body and her own relationship with food and diets and how she walks in the world in her body. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about Jackie. Jackie is a teacher, coach, and spiritual director who has married two decades of mystical practices with 15 years experience in physical health, including diet, herbalism, and Ayurveda. She works with people to live from their truest essence. In addition to coaching individuals and leading group workshops, she is currently the Director of Education and Community and Inclusion for Ram Das's Love, Serve, Remember Foundation. And you can find out more about Jackie at her website, asimplevibrantlife.com. And you will have links in the show notes to learn more about Jackie. And before we get on to the conversation, I want to get with my appreciation practice to a couple people that have donated to my podcast in the last few weeks. I'd like to thank Jim in Georgia and Spencer in Australia. Thank you so much for financially contributing and donating to my podcast. It's a great help. And those of you that are interested in doing that, you can go to my website, prepo.com. You can hit the podcast page and there's another button for the support the podcast with a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation. Thank you all for supporting the podcast, listening to it, sharing it to friends and family. I'm so glad it's getting out and benefiting people in positive ways. And you can learn more about my work, my therapy practice and coaching practice at prepo.com. And you can also sign up for my newsletters there. Okay, everybody, 
Well, this conversation about uh, the role of body image in relationships, it's really positive when we accept ourselves and our bodies and how we walk in the world. And it's more important that you feel good in your body, however it feels, how it looks, how other people's perception of it. And I love when I'm feeling good, and I'm feeling good today. So as Nina Simone says, Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breezing, drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. Yeah, it's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling good. And I'm feeling good. And I'm feeling good. Jackie, thanks. Hi. Hi. This is our first conversation. I know. I'm excited to be here. I'm yeah. excited to talk about this stuff. Yeah. I've heard so many good things about you in the community. And when Rainbow said, yeah, I think Jackie, you know, she knows this this topic that, that would be good for you to chat with her on the podcast. So I'm glad that we bumped into each other on New Year's. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm do it. Yeah, same here. So many great things about you, so it's nice to sit down and chat. How long have you been in Nashville? Oh, um, I moved here the first time in 2001. Mm. I left a couple of times for various reasons, but so I've been here a minute. Yeah, we've been about the same. Yeah. Can you tell, what, what would you like people to know about you right now? <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Um, I mean, career-wise, you know, I'm a... a uh, author, coach, teacher, spiritual director, and I marry sort of mystical wisdom with really earth-based healing. Um, so I'm also the director of education for Love Serve Remember Foundation um, in my spare time. Mm. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking about body image for a long time now, mm. which has been nice. What's the interest for you? Like, what's the connection? Well, the big part was... Um, you know, I, was, I talk to women about bodies, um, and most women, in one way, shape, or form, sort of have this negativity around their body. And it's something that happens mostly in secret, you know, behind closed doors. And I started talking about body image because I had an eating disorder for about 17 years, from 13 to 30. And it only could live in a shame closet. And so when I started to heal, I started to talk about it. And as I talked about it, um, more women talked about their own um, journey. And so it just felt like a conversation that needed to be happening um, because it is so common. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a lot of that is in, held in secrecy, right? Because like you say, shame shame grows with secrecy yeah. when, as opposed to having the vulnerability to be able to connect and see that we're human beings and say, ah, you also have some challenges here and challenges there. And so when we feel seen, then we can really work with our shame on a different level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I don't know why this came up, but there's this image I have. So there's this, like, we're in our isolation. So 
I was teaching a workshop on this, and at the end of it, this Native American elder came forward, and she talked about the uh, evil gifts given by the white man, and one of them was the mirror, because before that, sisters would stand around and dress each other and reflect each other, and then we started to dress ourselves in isolation, and just like what happens in the mind when we stand in isolation, and then now, you know, now we live in this media culture where we stand in isolation against these 10,000 images we see every day, and we compare ourselves. And so one of the most healing things, um, this like stepping out of the shame closet, was I went to a um, gathering. It was all women. And there was a lake. And there was like 500 women skinny dipping. And just to see the diversity of bodies was just this aha, like inspiration that took me out of that weird isolation and started to take me out of the shame spiral around it as well. It's just it's so amazing when we start to build community, to be in community, to talk about these things. Um, That's so interesting too. When I lived at Esalen mm -hmm. and the uh, hot bass on the the side of the mountain, it's all nudity. I remember first going there and going, "Mm, wow, this is going to be an experience. This is interesting and trying not to look at people. And and I lived there for over a year. And I just remember one time after a long time, I was just like, bodies like 80 year old and then 22 and 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 it was just all beautiful you know it was just everybody and the more people that felt comfortable as they were walking around in their bodies like that was the energy of like oh they're comfortable in their body and there were times i was thinking i hope at that age i'm comfortable in my body the way that some people are yeah yeah and then you know i hope that comes naturally but given the culture we live in i think it actually takes a fair amount of like De- like self-acceptance and attention to it. It takes work, yeah. does it? Yeah. When I had to give a client assignment about self-acceptance, uh-huh. I said, hey, 800 level is stand naked in front of a mirror and love every part of your body. Right. Go ahead and try that. Try that for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And right. See what comes up. Right. I actually get to a point um, with with students and clients where the because because there's this like idea now there's it's starting to shift right the media culture is starting to shift where there's a little bit more diversity of body and there's this weird thing that happens of like after decades of being told that your body's not okay now there's this like message of now you have now you're supposed to love your body now there's supposed to be body acceptance and so if you don't love your body now there's like a second layer of guilt or shame on it and so there's this like even if you can't love your body, can you just stand in front of the mirror and be like, there are my thighs. Mm -hmm. There's my belly. Like I might not love it right now, but there it is. You know, like that's just even one of the small steps, but yeah, really loving it is just whole next level. Yeah. That part of first acceptance before like people need to accept before they forgive. Sometimes we need to accept before we love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's interesting when I think about, um, you know, the language that people use around either their own self inner critic Mm -hmm. that they're using, maybe their projection of how they grew up and what they used. Even, you know, I grew up in a Jewish family and, you know, I heard tush a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, for a butt. And Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like, you got a big tush was, was not... Uh, devastating for some people that received it. It right. was kind of a little bit like, because I love your tush. Uh-huh. Have, so there's like big, a sweetness to it, right? Yeah. To it. But I remember 
I think I said it to one girl when I was a teenager. It's like, no, you don't, you don't say that. <laughs> no. You don't say that. Yeah. So, you know, finding the language between people is like so, so important. So important. I even think we're to a place at this point where it runs so deep and it's so hidden um, that I think we just need to not comment, comment on each other's bodies. Mm. Like, just that's your body. Like, you can be, I, I mean... I find you attractive would be a great thing to say, right? There's no judgment. There's no like shape critique, um, things like that. I, until you really know someone and you know a little bit more about their story and what works for them and what doesn't. But I also that has to become a conversation. We were talking earlier. Someone m called me curvy once as a compliment. And I have this whole connotation with curvy. And I was just, it took me like two days to sort of come back to my center. And I think that can happen so easily. And so just... You know, who are we to be able to comment on someone else's shape, mm. really? Mm -hmm. And what about if partners um, want to be acknowledged for a part of their body? Or especially, you know, I I went through a phase, I changed uh, diet and, and things for health reasons. And, and from that, I ended up losing like, like 20 pounds. And I like, like there's a difference of, I like how I feel in my body, more energy. Uh, I'm working out, but when I look three years ago at a picture, I'm going, "Whoa, that 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 energy there was it was a heavy energy, just heavy." So there's times, you know, I say to my wife, like, "Hey, so check it out. Like, how, how, do you see this little cut over here? Yeah. Do you like that?" And, yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, that what part do we get caught up in um, needing some approval for our self worth as opposed to you know, hey, I worked hard and I, I like that acknowledgement sometimes. Yeah. Well, I want to put a pin in the whole diet culture thing and yeah. come back to that because I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, I mean, in that scenario, I love it because you're like, hey, look at this. You're pointing the things out in your own body that you love. Right. And that's amazing. And it, with someone to be like, yeah, that's fabulous. And maybe it's even conversations like, what do you want? What do you need? What do you feel insecure about? Like, you know, like, Maybe someone's like, oh, I feel really insecure about my belly. And their partner's like, oh, my God, I love your belly. And so then it can, then it can just be this like, oh, I love your belly all the time. Right. So then it can. But it, I think it needs that conversation. But it also means knowing yourself well enough to be like, when you say that thing, it triggers me into this spiral that I didn't even know I had. Mm -hmm. um, and so finding ways around that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought around it. Yeah. But yeah, there is that sort of wanting to be validated and seen and appreciated. And so how do you balance those? Yeah. And like what we were talking before, sometimes it's even hard if, if I don't accept the part of myself or my body, whatever it is, if somebody reflects that in appreciation, I'm not gonna be able to take it in because yeah. I don't recognize it myself. And I think that happens a lot when people are giving some feedback around body, body image mm -hmm. to other people, what they like, what they don't, or, um, you know, that, that, whole thing that, yeah you know somebody that lost weight do you mention it do you right. say something well, right yeah. and that's how we that's really a good segue into this whole like um health culture because we really didn't have this sort of health culture before the 80s to i mean we had it it was a little bit different right you blame it on nike and jogging yeah, exactly or something like that, right? exactly but you know now there's this like our minds are so trained by the media of like what a healthy body is supposed to look like. And there's actually 
studies that show like a larger BMI can actually, folks with larger BMI can actually have a um, longer life, like not huge. I think can't remember the number off the top of my head. Um, and so it's like, how do we balance, like, where do I feel healthy and not put that onto somebody else? Because, you know, um, weight has much more to do with genetics than anything else. And it has to do with trauma and shame. And so if we're putting our like exercise, food, things onto our partners, um, you know, like it's less interested in what's actually deeper going on for them. Um, it, it sort of falls into this this healthism that has some real issues with it. You know, it's such a comp food and health is such a complex issue in a culture with crazy industrial food and, you know, the chemicals that they put in it to help it, you know, make us want it and the the cortisol and stress levels that make us want to replenish fat and salt and sugar. Like there's so many things. And then all the advertisement that's telling us like you get, well, all your needs will be met through food, <laughs> you know, sex and love and pleasure and fun. And um, and so it can get really tricky real fast. And so, I mean, just think about the 27 layers, just in the one comment around like what you're eating, what you're putting in your mouth. And so I think that becomes a really tricky conversation really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And so people need to have really patience and compassion for each other around that because what triggers somebody one day may not trigger them another and how it's said. And also the the development of the relationship of whether it's connecting or close or trusting, that all takes place in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And I think about dating too, of like how many, you're like, oh, I'm not going to date you because you have that diet or that diet or whatever. You know, there's so many... Just it's so that is tricky. That is, wow. um, My wife over the last twenty eight years, we went from like macrobiotic to vegan to carnivore. To, like, <laughs> it, it's, and, and it's been kind of just cool, like that acceptance yeah. of each other. Oh, now you're eating. Oh, you're gonna eat that now. Okay, yeah. well, I guess I'll be solidarity with you. I guess and, <laughs> you know. So yeah. Yeah. But all just how all of that plays in the body image so deeply, and so a conversation about a meal can trigger like whether or not you're going to be more intimate that evening, right? Because mm -hmm. of the, what it might bring up. And also, of course, with body image and committed re in, in relationships of mm -hmm. partnership or sexual relationships, that realm of how we feel about our own bodies is really going to be how we're going to show up in those those uh, other areas. Huge. If, if I don't like how I look, I don't. I'm not going to want my partner to see me naked or see me in certain positions and things like that. Totally, yeah. totally. And so it almost becomes this like, um, where do we put our power, right? So um, you know, sexuality and self-esteem and self-sovereignty, you know, and that aspect of power sort of go really hand in hand. And so as we learn to accept ourselves and accept our sexuality and accept these amazing bodies and the things that they can really do instead of like being focused on this thing that we've been fed forever about what they're supposed to look like, um, you know, they all play a part. I just got sidetracked. I can't remember my point because I got sidetracked by that part of the how amazing the body is. And but that, it's amazing. It's amazing, right? Yeah, and is. so if we can come back and focus on like, like, just sensuality, right? So yeah. if you can be like, my, I'm so much more than my body, right? Like I have 
all of these roles in the world. I have this amazing mind and spirit. And, you know, like I am so much more my, than my body. And at the same time, my body's so amazing. Right. And so if I can focus and learn to focus on like, how does it feel to taste a strawberry or smell a rose or feel silk on my skin or the things that really bring me this sense of like embodiment and pleasure, um, like that's the first step in being able to be like present, right? With your mm -hmm. own body in whatever way it is. And then there's that part of, can I stand in front of the mirror? And even though I don't like that part, can I be like, there it is. Yeah. And then can you stand in front of another and be like, and there it is. And I'm going to own this because my body can provide so much pleasure for me and you and us. Um, but it takes this like ownership. Um, and when we're like, I don't know, I remember being really young when I was in my um, uh, eating disorder and be like, nobody could touch my belly. You know, like it would just spin me. And so like, how can I be intimate with someone who's like, wait, this part of my body's off limits. <laughs> you know, it like really a lot of cuts. say that though. Right, but know? it really cuts down on like the creativity yeah. of the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but it's also, I guess, you know, that's part of it, finding the boundaries until we can get to the places where we can own our pleasure yeah. in some way. I love what you just said about that, you know, because we'll, we'll talk about body image, but when people think about that, they think about the visual look as opposed to all the dimensions. When I ask some people that have low self-esteem about their body, what do you like about the, your body? They usually go to that image as opposed to, I love that my my hand is strong and that can do these things on the guitar. We don't really talk more about, like you said, the sensual aspect, you yeah. know? I have this heightened sense of smell that I just absolutely love. Well, and that's, I mean, I could go into a whole like dominator culture thing, but there is this piece of, you know, a lot of us just sort of disembody, right? And especially, I think more and more men too, but especially women have been taught through decades and decades of media culture that, you know, we're objectified. Like our bodies are objects, not subjects. They're to be, and it, you know, when we get into sexuality and how most of us learn sexuality from porn, you know, like it wasn't about, female pleasure in any way so it was like we're objects we're here to please we're um, supposed to look good and so then how do you retake that ownership of like no this is subject not object um, and especially when we see 10 about it's the the statistic is we see about 10,000 images a day of advertising and most of them or a large majority of them use women's bodies as a way to sell things mm. and so that and all of those bodies are photoshopped and they're a very small percentage of, you know, particular body type that are often not fed a whole lot. Like there's this whole, like it's such a strange image and it's become this object we are trying to often, without even consciously understand, trying to become. And so that then you just sort of disembody and then it becomes the image rather than the experience. Mm. So that, that retraining to be in the experience I think is so key to become embodied. Yeah, people don't get a lot of experience of embodiment, mm -hmm. of what does it feel like to just feel yourself inside your body yeah. and just really like the the energy, the density, the yeah. the tingling, the, yeah. you know, when, when I think, uh, I, I grew up in Detroit and, and music was a big part in dancing. And to me, dancing with that aspect of feeling so embodied. And luckily I, I've, I I feel I, I had the talent to dance. I'm a good dancer. I'm comfortable in my body. Mm -hmm. 
And I have a whole different persona, you know, when I'm dancing and moving my body yeah. than maybe in, in, a, in a different way. So yeah. people can tap into that embodiment in so many different ways. Absolutely. And it takes willing to be a little uncomfortable. So if you're a bad dancer, like you still go out and just look like an idiot and dance. And like, that's how you become embodied. Doing yoga is a way people get embodied these days. Just lying on the earth is a way to get embodied. Right. But this like paying attention to the senses, one of the most fun we have in the workshops that I do is everyone just popcorn styling like the things they love you know we go through the senses like the things you love to taste the things you love to smell and you know when you have 50 women popcorning the things like you just feel so good afterwards and I think part of it is because we become like we're more into these amazing bodies mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah it is crazy I was just thinking about what I, I saw in some advertisement or some meme or something that now there's mannequins for men that call dad bodies. So the mannequin <laughs> has like this, you know, beer belly type uh -huh, thing uh -huh. to, I guess, to make guys feel like, okay, I can go do that. I can do That's what the shirt will look like, I yeah. guess, on me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a real thing. So um, they talked about, uh, just like it's sort of this like gaslighting culture because that's wonderful and you're seeing a little bit more of that you're going to like a nike store now and there's a diversity of mannequin types but that's within the last five years and for almost you know however de many decades like it's a size zero and so when you put on the clothes it doesn't look like it does on the mannequin and then there's this like well what's wrong with me and it's like that it's crazy making are you go people go to a store um you know i think the average size is like a 12 um, and you go into a store that only goes up to a 12. Like most chain stores only go up to a 12. Like that's just, it's like a, it's a, I hate using these terms, but it is like this, this idea of putting something out there that we don't, can't achieve and makes everyone feel a little crazy. Mm -hmm. So. And even the whole exercise aspect that people are using the, the compulsion or obsession yeah. around that as opposed to are you feeling good yeah. do you really do you really actually like running do you like yeah. what you're doing yeah. as opposed to i'm doing it to see this end result when yeah. i put my clothes on or off yeah and that's the, that's the thing that's sort of heartbreaking is um you know you go into the gym and you can almost feel how much of it is coming from a place of shame or fear rather than this place of enjoyment and embodiment and um care and and that's not anyone's fault. Like I'm not shame. Like we're we all inherit that so honestly. Mm -hmm. And so that's the like. How do we take our power back and be like, you know what? Um, doesn't matter what my size is. Like I'm doing this because I feel better. There's actually this really sweet video um, called Poot, and it's called Poodle Science, <laughs> and it's talking about this idea of healthism, uh, and it's saying, you know. The doctors decided we all needed to look like poodles. But if you're a mastiff and you become poodle-shaped, like, you're not healthy. And if you're a chihuahua and become poodle-shaped, you're not healthy. So, like, can you just be a mastiff? Um, and so you might, you know, if you, the, again, like, weight has very little to do with health. It has, you know, are you sedentary? Are you moving? You know, um, are you eating past fullness? Like, these are the things that have more to do with um longevity than than actual weight so it's an actual weight if somebody feels mm -hmm. like you know their their doctor says they're 50 pounds heavier mm -hmm. than they should be as opposed to 
what are some of the other criteria that would be more accurate? Well, your your genetics is the big part. You Zip code is yeah. actually another big uh-huh. one. Um, but really, it's like, are you moving every day or most days of the week? Um, are you eating way past fullness? Those are two of the big ones. Um, sleep is another big one. Um, so these actually indicate more than weight as far as health and longevity. Mm. Yeah. But they do they contribute? Like if you're... If, they can be tied, but they're not necessarily always tied. Right. Yeah, because if you're if you're eating past full, you're eating too much food in some way yeah. that your body can take, yeah. or the time of the day that you're eating, yeah. so a lifestyle around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can also not be eating past fullness, moving every day, and still be considered overweight because you just have the genetics for that. Mm. You know, the best. <laughs> The best indications for um, being slender are to have two parents that were slender and four grandparents that were slender. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh-huh. So then what do you feel with people that look at food as a way to work their their body image? Say again? Well, the way, you know, because um, I know I changed the way that I did mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. Also, so my body did change. Mm-hmm. You know, I was burning, burning high ketones. Mm-hmm. So I was burning fat instead mm-hmm. of glucose mm-hmm. and carbon. But like you said, there was something that I also changed many aspects of. I would stop eating when I was full. Before I didn't really have that that uh, focus. I loved eating at night, mm-hmm. and I don't. I no longer do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, to me, more than just like what I think I look or anything. It just feels like if if I can feel like I have influence about my body mm-hmm. and what I do with it, like you said, I get up and I move. Mm-hmm. That's influence. Mm-hmm. I go to bed, mm-hmm. take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what I put in my body, there's influence. There was more about that feeling of of control, of taking care, than it was about an angle result of I've got to look like something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. just felt more whole in some way. It felt actually sustainable because it was mm-hmm. aligned with more of the way that I wanted to walk in the world by my actions. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It also reminds me of the, of the like exercise culture that can come from shame or it can come from self care. Right. And when it's coming from shame, like um, it can be disordered. Right, like because I feel so out of control in the rest of my life, I need to control. Not saying you do, but right. a lot of disorders come up this way. Is I feel so out of control everywhere else, but I can control this in some way. Um, and again, just you know, food is the first comfort we receive often as children. Like it's equated with love. Now it's also equated with excitement and connection, and. You know, we we have a lot of trauma that we haven't dealt with. And so how do we go soothe ourselves? And then, as I said, stated earlier, we have this like wicked combination of salt, uh, fat and sugar that's highly addictive. We have high stress levels that make our body create a hormone that wants it. And, you know, it's really hard to mind yourself out of hormonal influences. So there's like this wicked combination um, so if someone's like, I can't will myself into like eating a certain way, like let it's not shame them, right. you know, like, oh my gosh, you should just try harder. Like, no, there's so much going on. Um, and so again, we come back to that compassion. Like we use food in so many ways 
Um, and so instead of focusing on the diet, let's focus on like what's missing in your life. What's the connection that you need? What's the support you need? What's the care? Where's the self-love? You know, where were you hurt? Mm. Um, and in these, and then and you, you know, and then from there, maybe some things will change down the road. But if we just focus on the surface thing, we're missing the point yeah. and we're hurting people more, I think. Especially community and connection. Yeah. When yeah. people don't have that, yeah. depression and so forth really spirals. And yeah. So Sense you know, of isolation, like, oh, you know, just you, that's a great way to fill that space. Um, mm -hmm. Not knowing what to do with yourself at the end of the day. Watch TV, eat some food. Right. It's, it, it releases dopamine, right? Like eating food releases dopamine. So if you're not getting in other places, you know, that's where we're going to go. And there's no, sh I really, there, let's not shame anybody for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so people really need to look at their history of how they were uh, talked to about their body. Yeah. With whether it came from parents or other kids or siblings. Yeah, that's a big one about that being shamed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, this is like sort of still hangover of the puritanical culture where we didn't talk about body. Like we still don't talk about cycles of, I, so I mostly focus on women. Um, so I sort of default to that, but we, we still don't talk about like menstrual cycles very much or aging very much or like very normal body things. It's still this like taboo. We're just supposed to be healthy and young and beautiful, um, and never change. And it's constantly changing. And so like just having the conversations and opening up to like what's real in this physical form right now, I think is really liberating, um, and so we have to start to have those conversations with ourselves, with maybe a friend or two. Maybe we get to then, you know, talk with larger communities or, you know, the, hopefully you can have the conversation with your partner, right? Mm -hmm. That's the really big with this conversation. Um, and can you hold each other with care? Because men are having more and more of it too, right? Sort of those messages. And so can you really hold each other with the compassion of like, this is a big sticky wicket. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know. Yeah, that's the biggest one with couples, like you said, around just compassion and acceptance and empathy. Yeah. One may be feeling something about themselves that the other one isn't, or both of them at the same time. Or just the, the feeling of grief, or like in aging, of like, I, I'm not going to have this experience of myself. It's, it's moving in another direction. Yeah. I was with a, a couple some years ago, and they were in their, I think, late 60s, and they said they're having the best sex of their lives. And one, and I said, well, what, what are you guys are doing? And they said, no, we just accept ourselves. We just accept ourselves who we are, and we, we're not tight up, uh, tied up about what, what we should do and what we should be, so we accept ourselves more, mm. so we actually have less inhibition. Yes, I love yeah. that. There's all these mythologies about aging, right? And one of them is that you sort of dry up and get old and lose your libido, or, and that you're feeble, or or that you have to age gracefully and just remain like you're 20. Um, and, and not to say like lifting weights isn't great at 70, but it's gonna be a different experience in your body than it was at 20, right? So just having that. But the like, there's so much out there, research that shows like older people are actually having much more like satisfying sex. And it's probably, I think because of this, just like acceptance. And mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you feel, so I'm hearing you say when you're with women in your groups mm -hmm. and talking that there is an aspect of acceptance. Um, and I don't know if it's an image or whatever I see, but also I see, but there's also competition. You know, mm. the people, I'm not saying 
everybody. There's levels of consciousness and, mm-hmm. and so forth. But what would you what would you want to offer with women about like, hey, sisters, like love yourselves instead Lift of each other instead up instead of yeah judging yourselves. Yeah, I mean, I can go into all sorts of weird territory with this. Um, into like epigenetics, right? Like we carry the the traumas of our ancestors. And you look at the history of women, um, you look at the burning times, like women were betrayed left and right by each other because they were being tortured. Um, you look at uh, women not being able to have any sort of income, so had to marry well. Like that would just breed competition in so many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or even a competition for a mate. Yeah. Way in the caveman days. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so who knows where it all comes from. Um but it also comes from deficiency models, right? Like I'm not enough. And we're taught that from day one in the, the advertising industry, right? You're not enough. You need to be better. And so then it, that's just constant competition. And so um, how do we practice coming back to lifting each other up to being that reflection of that the native elder I was talking about in the beginning of reflecting each other in really positive ways? And I think that takes co- overcoming our own insecurities, you know, and that's, that's one of the best, hard. That's one of the best things that mothers can do for, the, for yeah. their daughters is is to work on their own insecurity so they're not passing it on yeah. and expecting their kids to live out the life that they didn't. Yeah, exactly. And to just be honest, like I can't tell you in my healing journey how many times I just went up to someone I was feeling really threatened by and just told them that I was feeling threatened and how they were like, oh my gosh, I feel threatened by you. And then it just like the whole thing unwound and we became great friends. Um, but it takes some courage and self-acceptance to do that. Um, and I think, you know, it's more and more common. Women are lifting each other up more and more and more these days. Um, mm-hmm. I see less competition. I also I don't have teenagers, so I don't know what's going on in that world as much. But mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's shifting a little bit, too, with men. You know, the mm-hmm. part where, you know, men are looking at the bodybuilders and, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking at, I want to be like that or the intimidation factor of, of being able to take care of yourself and mm. um, protect yourself mm-hmm. in that way. I see I see more and more men are coming to some of the acceptance of how challenging it is to understand how to walk in the world as a man. And so they have more empathy for each other mm-hmm. and more empathy for what society puts. There's so many wonderful men's organizations and groups that are really working for men's self-acceptance. Yeah. And some of it is is around our own body image. Yeah. Of you know this, I'm not going to be this chiseled athlete, or I, I'm not going to be six foot four. Right. You know, I'm right. just not going to be that. And it's so, it's crazy how, you know, I think about what I grew up playing sports and played sports in college, and I just think about all the, the measurements that mm. it would be, whether it was, you know, you lifted this amount of weight or you could mm. jump this amount of inches, 0. 0.4, mm-hmm. and therefore you're better. It's just always this striving for more and more and more for what in some way. Sure, there's Excel of skills and so forth, but it has a lot of ramifications. If you're not enjoying it and doing it for your own well-being, then doing it for outside extrinsic accolades and i think that circles around just so brilliantly about like the body like how we do this how do we it becomes about the subject like how it's the intrinsic um reason that we're doing the thing we're doing whether it's eating or exercising or you know enjoying pleasure in various ways Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's interesting. We do, you know, again, when we think about appreciation to ourselves, our bodies, I love to go to that analogy of I really breathe. I I so appreciate when I can breathe clearly Mm -hmm. because it's times when I had a cold or something like when you can't breathe at all. Mm -hmm. But when all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, that's like the one thing I want is to be able to breathe. breathe, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we take so many of these things about our body for granted. Yeah. It's one of the exercises I have folks do is just to go through like have a daily body gratitude practice. Mm. You know, like. They're they're amazing. The, all the things that are happening right now, so we can just be here. Like it's mind blowing. What do you appreciate your, about your body right now? Oh my gosh, I love. Right. I have really great digestion. I give thanks every day. There you go. For my great digestion nice. <laughs> and elimination. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> right, and uh-huh. I sleep really well. Um, and, but just I, all of the all of the things that are happening, um, just as we sit here, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this microcosm. of the cosmos really yeah so um and i you know i take time every morning to like listen to the birds and to find those really sweet things um so yeah and i do you know it's i don't think it's anything that is ever finished you know i know that what my triggers are i know like if i look in a mirror for too long that'll start to go into a little spin and so you know i have the little mantras that i have um like uh and I share this with, with students as well, going to a um, shopping, right? You're going to stand in front of a mirror a lot. So reject the clothing before you reject your body. Mm. Like that's a, like just little things like that, because there's such this um, habit of rejecting ourselves, of re- saying the terrible things about ourselves. So like, what do you like? You know, maybe you don't like your belly, but what, what do you like? So mm. those are some of the, some of the tricks. I never thought about that, about the mirror. Mm. Like, wow, how that changed the dynamic of how we view ourselves. Really? And, yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, I I'm a, I, I was born Jewish and traditional, but I, I'm not a practicing Jew. But some of the, you know, when I grew up with some of these traditions, and one is around um, when uh, they're mourning, what's called sitting Shiva. Mm-hmm. And when you sit Shiva, when you go to the person's house, all the mirrors are covered. And I'm I'm sure I'm not getting this totally right. Mm. All you Jews out there, yeah, don't don't write to me about it. I'm gonna just give you my Jewish experience of what I was told. And it was more about you didn't want to focus on your own vanity, your how you were mm. looking. You wanted to just be how you were, whatever it was. Allow yourself to just accept the grieving and not be concerned about you know your own vanity and looks and whether it's also about other spirits coming in, whatever. But I was like, hmm, man, that's like, that. let's just all, can we accept each other just the way we are right now? Imagine if you had never seen a picture or an image of yourself. Imagine if the only reflection you had ever seen was like in the water, Water. right? Like your sense of self would probably be really different. And the sense of me, like I-ness might even be different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I think of when we first saw the picture of the globe, like, oh, whoa, you know, like there it is. You know, there's that moment it was like of seeing ourselves like, whoa, there I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm wondering, do you have any thoughts about what kind of conversations? Let's just go with the relationship yeah. around partners might have with each other about, you know, how to get understanding about what their comfortability is i mean i don't think there's a broad brush stroke there because it really takes a lot of self-acceptance to be able to just have the conversation i mean um yeah 
I just think of like my early days being in partnership and just lying about all the things because I thought because there was such shame around it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first is to how do you start to come out of the shame closet? And if that's with your partner, thank you. (laughs) That would be great. And if that feels like a stretch, like, is there someone else you can come out of the um, the, the, like, these are the things I feel vulnerable about. Um, and, and hopefully find a year that's like, oh yeah, me, like, I get that, you know, it's okay. Um, and can I add, yeah. I would ima- imagine to like the partner that's listening or the person that's listening, you don't want to come back to the person, no, oh, no, no, you're fine. Or you're not, you don't want to invalidate their feelings of shame. You right. want to have empathy for them. Right. And acknowledge them. Cause, cause that's, the, I mean, Yes. Because even if you tell them, oh, my gosh, you're beautiful, they can't hear it. No. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. It's like they're having this real experience from all of these, like, layers of messaging. And I need to be able to find my way through. And mm-hmm. the negating it isn't going to help me find my way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the what was the question? Was the conversation to have with partners? Yeah. How do you start? Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe you just sit down and start to talk about the things you feel vulnerable about with your body. Um I, one of the things that I've done is like I sit down naked with my partner and let's just like talk. Mm. And that's incredibly vulnerable just to to be there in that. Um, yeah, because all of the things will start to come up, the places where it feels vulnerable. So then can you have a conversation about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it could just be simple things. Like if someone says there's a comment that you that doesn't sit well with you. Like, let them know it doesn't sit well without making them bad and wrong because right. they don't necessarily know, right? Yeah. So like, hey, actually, when you say that, it really doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. That could be a way to start. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have ideas? Um, no, what you're saying, absolutely. You know, to be able to start. And I would say to some people, like, really, it, it would be good to journal first, mm-hmm. you know, like to really formulate in our areas where where there's healing, where there's shame, where there's stuckness. Um what I like also is is just allow somebody to just talk. You know, put a timer on for 10 minutes. Just allow them to talk instead of, and be a just real good listener. Because that's the challenge of listening is, you know, I got my self-talk going on. Like, I, that was Tuesday, not Wednesday. I didn't, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of, am I being really curious and interested? And around a vulnerable subject like body image, you really want to be open and interested in, in receiving the person. So one is... And I know for me, I got to get comfortable with my own stuff around it in order to take my partners in. Because whatever feelings that my partner is feeling, if I'm not comfortable with those feelings, I'm not going to be able to witness her yeah. in that. So yeah. those are some, I think, basic aspects. And I would also want there to be acknowledgement, like all of us have been trained to have expectations around the others. Um uh, body, like, you know, men have been trained what a woman's body should look like by this messed up media culture and women have been trained with men's. And I also want to just point out we've been very binary here um, yeah. and that there's a whole range and that I know trans folks and non-binary folks have like a whole other set of like things going on around body image. And so just acknowledging that. Um, and um, just in that conversation, recognizing we're going to come with our own biases. Yeah. yeah. And also cultural aspects to it. Yeah. My wife is Danish and you know, Europeans have a different aspect of their own body image and nakedness than, you know, some white Puritans and totally. you know, North Carolina. Totally. 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 I'm mostly focused on, you know, 
uh, women identified nor- you know, Americans. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I, the first time that I brought my wife home, I think, to visit my family, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it was spring or summer. And she went out in, in the yard and my mom's in the kitchen. And all of a sudden I see my mom just staring out there, just staring out looking. And I look out the window and my wife is taking her top off just to <laughs> sunbathe, you know. Yeah. And my mom was just like, she she just couldn't handle it. And yeah. I'm like, ah, you know, she's just doing what she's doing. And, yeah. yeah, that's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Thank you. This has been yeah. a really fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I'm getting out of this is, you know, it's it's an exploration for people and there's no blueprint and pathway. You know, people we have to we have to be open, transparent, accepting, loving, grieving, forgiving, well all kinds of things about our own self and what other people are going through cuz Man, we're all just walking around trying to figure this out. Totally, totally. Like just the vulnerability and honesty with ourselves is I think where it really starts. And then can I be vulnerable and honest with someone else and really hope that they can hold a sweet container for me and me for them, Yeah. you know? Um, But yeah, you know, I do love talking to people about this and we do go through all of these different um, layers and more detail from like women's cycles to aging to food, to just the the media messaging. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Is there anything that you want people to know that you're up to? Any yeah, Maybe a contact for you? Yeah. Is there any, do you have any groups have, going? I, I have some groups coming up in uh, March and then again this summer. Um, so you can, my website's asimplevibrantlife.com. Right. And, <laughs> That's a way that they can contact They can find you. me and see the programs and read more about other things that I'm up to these days. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming and making the time to to want to rap about this. Yeah, you too. Thanks for asking. I really love chatting about it. And it's, you know, such a deep, fun, nuanced topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Cool. Thanks. Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prebo Teplitsky, visit prebo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.